Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Uh, I'm having a chat with Josh Inman from ESL. What exactly is your title? I'm the operations manager for operations, ESL Australia. Operations manager. And um, yeah, before we started recording, I think there's a clear journey here for you. You've been involved with the entire org from when it wasn't ESL mm. and how it's evolved in what it is. Um, can you talk a bit about sort of how, I guess, you got from being random fun Aussie game nerd uh, to operations manager for yourself. Uh, yeah, the 30-second version. Sure, sure. <laughs> it's a lot to get packed, but um, uh, in short, you know, I was just like any other competitive gamer back in 2009. I was big into Halo on, uh, on Xbox yeah. 360 at the time and, you know, kid that age it was wasn't. actually a good scene back then yeah. it was it was you know there's a lot of heart and soul in it and uh but unfortunately no competitive events there was one that was running and uh i happened to find uh nick vanzetti on a online match i happened to uh kick his butt and he asked me to join his team i did we went to participate in this event and uh nick uh actually ended up uh being inspired by that event and and wanted to do more himself because there was no established scene yeah uh as his teammate i got dragged along for that for that journey and uh, that was in 2009 and uh, from 2010 we actually took over that entity which was uh, the Australian Console League at the time. We changed it to Australian Cyber League because we knew we wanted to do more than console. Yeah. And uh, from 2010 onwards we started the the first national circuit for esports. Fast forward 10 years and uh, an ESL acquisition later and here we are. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what do you feel like is the, you know, like at the moment I wonder what the business model is for ESL in the sense that yeah, how are those grassroots leagues going? Um, does that stuff sort of still work quite well locally online, um, or is kind of the production around sort of these big events? Is this sort of the, the you know the big part of what drives ESL here in Australia at the moment? Well, we're nothing without community, yeah. And we've always we come from the grassroots, <laughs> yeah. you know. And we like to say that we are grassroots. So our ESL Play platform still hosts the the country's premier online events, which yeah. anyone can participate in. Um, we're very lucky to work with a lot of good partners and publishers to help run their titles. You know, we work with the biggest around. You know, we, we've worked with Epic, we've worked with Activision Blizzard, we work with Xbox, and uh, so without that. As a, as a base, you know, you can't grow. Yeah. Um, it's fair to say, though, that what keeps us going um, from a commercial point of view is a lot of publisher work. You know, everyone wants to be in esports because it's, it's booming, as we all know, Seamus. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's been great for us. Um, so one of the models is that we do publisher activity, white label. And then, of course, we have our own events as well um, that we run. And then we run those via sponsorship and partnerships with the developers as well. Cool. So, um, I mean, we're catching up here at the... Uh, Australian Open, Summer Smash, Fortnite event, uh, two days of amazing stuff uh, that, you know, I watched the first day online. I'm here in person on the second day. Um, the staging is amazing. Mm. So uh, 
you know, how, how, how do you have to plan that? Because I know you must not have much time at all to go from here's the sketches, here's the kind of, well, I mean, here's all the digital information on how we're going to set it up. And now we just have to run in there and get it done instantly. <laughs> a lot of this credit has to go to Tennis Australia. It's, yeah, yeah. it's their event and we're very lucky to work with them. Um, they've done all of the legwork on that. And, you know, we're very lucky that they're very experienced putting events, large events together. <laughs> as we can see, the scale of the Australian Open. How many um, years has the Australian yeah, Open been? Yeah. <laughs> just a few. So um, I must say it does come to very, together very quickly. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's always planning. It's always in planning <laughs> yeah, for yeah. a long time. But when it comes to execution, uh, you know, it gets... It it gets put together in a very, very short amount of time. Um, we're lucky in that we've pulled off a lot of large-scale events ourselves. And when we put the two teams together of, um, of ESL and Tennis Australia, it, it's kind of crazy what we could pull off. So I just put it down to experience with both of those teams and um, able to pull off some, some magic eventually. <laughs> yeah. And then how important is it, you know, or how exciting is it, I guess, when you go from conversion from, uh, you know, we've had a one-off event, one year, 2019, uh, yeah, we'll all see how it goes to now this sort of conversion in a sense to a we've got a repeat event now, mm. maybe something that keeps happening, but it's kind of, you know, I guess both in a business and community sense. It's on both fronts. It's, it is super exciting. You know, when you get a huge non-endemic partner like Tennis Australia yeah. wanting to dip their toe into esports. We were so excited last year to, to work with them. And um, obviously it speaks to the success of the event. And, you know, uh, it's value to tennis and obviously for the esports community that it's back again. So yeah. I'm really glad that they saw that value. The community loves it. You only have to have a look at this event and see how the kids react and um, to see how, how positive it is. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it is fantastic to see it coming back for a turn year. Yeah. And so, you know, what other kind of big things do you guys have? happening around this or happening sort of soon that, you know, that is exciting you at the moment? Um, we, we're working with an, a, an eclectic mix of partners at the moment. So um, one of the biggest events we've got coming up after this is working with the Pokemon company for uh, the uh, the Pokemon Oceania International oh, next brilliant. month. So, you know, that's a bit of a different one. You go from world-class Fortnite to half of the event is trading cards. So <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 quite, it's quite a difference. Um, and we've got some uh, other big events coming up as well. So um, I think I can speak to them. Uh, yeah, this will be yes, 100%. Agreed. <laughs> okay. So um, I, I'm actually very excited to, uh, to say that uh, the Melbourne Esports Open will be coming back for, for 2020 um, and uh, in a very, very big way um, uh, because I am very happy to tell you that we'll be bringing the Intel Extreme Masters to the Melbourne Esports Open to solidify... To solidify, <laughs> that's amazing. The, yeah, yeah. The uh, the the fact that this this, this is the, the the home of esports. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's uh, we've got we've got some big events coming up. So yeah, I can yeah. speak I can speak more to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. That's you know. Blame. I mean, we all, uh, we all kind of felt like that was coming. Um, Sydney hasn't exactly been the most in love with trying to support <laughs> this sort of this thing, whereas clearly Melbourne is in, completely in love with esports. Um, so that is a pretty huge uh, thing for yeah for you know for Melbourne and for that event. I mean, yes. I mean, yeah. You know, when what's kind of the I guess you know some of it isn't officially announced, but that sort of means we have so many of the key major events um, that you know that are the finals and all those kinds of different mm. aspects to it. It's like 
enormous. It is enormous. Um, Sydney has been great to us, and we, we're based in Sydney. Um, yeah. it, it's been awesome. It's where we've grown. But, you know, it's, it's undeniable that um, I would say go so far as to say that the heart of esports is in Melbourne. Our yeah. experience here with, with other large events that are here, you know what I mean? Just look around. You've got packs. We obviously run the Melbourne Esports Open. Yeah. And Melbourne as, you know, the home of sports for Australia, I mean, it only makes sense that it's also the home of, of esports. And, and we feel the same way. And the support uh, from not only the partners we have here, but also government. So Visit yeah. Victoria, the Victorian government is is helping to make this happen and helping to bring the Intel Extreme Masters to the Melbourne Esports Open, which they're already um, putting their support behind. So it's yeah. it's big that we get that support from government bodies and they recognise that this is a huge movement that they should support as well. Yeah. And look, you know, I have, uh, you know, another sort of thing that I'm quietly learning more about tomorrow. Um, but when part of what that thing is in esports, uh, I'm getting you know comments from the Lord Mayor about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quite clear that you know, as as a city and as sort of a state government, that there is just such a clear sense that they're like, this is um, you know, it's not just the gameplay, of course. You know, it's mm. the tour, like the tourism and all these things that you would attribute to any sport mm. are so clearly related to sort of this. But you know, some people seem to get that better than others. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, you know. I, j- Melbourne has always been stereotyped as being uh, more progressive and cultural and, and all those kind of things. And, you know, as a, as a, as a Sydney local, I get the impression <laughs> yeah. I always love coming to Melbourne. Um, and, you know, uh, I just think that they are uh, – the, the, the government and the, uh, the, the partners and publishers and everyone that we have in Melbourne are much more supportive to what we're trying to do with the growth of esports and supporting the communities. So when we've got that support, we can do these things like the Melbourne Esports Open and, bring, and bringing IEM here, which is huge. Yeah. Um, and so that, like, so that is this year. So clearly, yeah, the scheduling is then all changing for that mm-hmm. as well. I'm just, yes. Um, but um, this is a great curveball because now I'm like, oh, my God, what yeah. else do I need to ask? Yeah. Um, I mean – Oh, well, back on the Pokemon yeah. thing, I think, is a kind of a, a, a first thing. I'm curious about, you know, when people, again, think of the card game stuff, they probably often, you know, they often just think, well, again, that is the trestle table version of things. Mm. But, you know, I've been out to the Magic, uh, you know, events kind of out at Homebush when they've had mm. a Grand Prix there and stuff. And you're like, people want sort of a really great set of facilities set up around this, you know, this thing where they're bringing their, you know, their decks and stuff, but... They need a really good set of facilities around it. Mm. It isn't just setting up tables in the same way that esports isn't just Mm. computers on trestle tables. (laughs) Exactly right. Well, uh, for anyone who's ever tried broadcasting a uh, a live streaming trading card game, it has it's it's a lot of uh, intricacies, and uh, you know the closest parallel between a couple of jobs that we've done for for Pokemon is we actually total curveball we provided live streaming services to crown for their aussie millions poker event that yeah, actually cool. had some more similarities than a typical esports event for that <laughs> yeah. event so but that's unique uh, the pokemon event because we do a video game and and the trading card game on two different stages parallel to each other so um it's unique but it's yeah. something that we love to, to do and i mean sometimes i have seen that you know for some esports events you see sort of more traditional events companies are, are getting involved to run it and you know, clearly they have sort of certain kinds of production experience, mm. but it seems like that the blend that ESL brings of both, you know, network infrastructure, setting up computers, all those technical aspects of making sure that, you know, a network is running with low mm. latency and running nicely and all that. And then actually that 
live streaming production yes. side is clearly a huge part of it. Yeah, it is a very huge part of it. And um, we are lucky that we we kind of do nearly all of those things. And the things that we don't claim to be experts on, we don't claim to be experts for a build per se. We know the, the things required for a build though. We know where a camera needs to go and how a game needs to be played. And then we team up with really great partners and suppliers that help us do that. So we're, we're lucky for all that. And yeah, having an understanding of how it all comes together, how the how the cogs all come together mm. is what a lot of others don't really understand because I, I totally understand that there's great TV producers out there. There's great, great suppliers of lighting. You know, there's all these great things. It's bringing it together that's always difficult. Yeah. So, mm. so on a total kind of techie question, how do, you, how do you make sure that you have, I guess, you know, the bandwidth you need to get stuff out? I mean, I know that they broadcast from these sorts of facilities all the time. Mm. But, you know, broadcast satellites aren't necessarily the same as getting a network connection out of here Correct. with a fat enough pipe to serve nicely. E- exactly. <laughs> um, well, a- again, it comes to the, the partner you're working with. So to bring this back to this event with, with Tennis Australia, they are very, very open to our input. So yeah. I'll give you an example. Uh, we stress the importance of, of getting a solid connection for this event. And uh, we were really lucky that these guys in Melbourne Olympic Park allowed us for ESL to get our own fiber connection into the yeah, precinct. Cool. So we've arranged that, we've done that, it was our recommendation, and they were totally supportive of it and and helped make it happen. So um, the, those kind of things, it's all about just the, recept- the reception from the partners. And, of course, um, there are some uh, clients and, and partners we work with that aren't always open-minded to those things. As you can appreciate, not everyone understands all the intricacies. Yeah. I very strongly push them into where they need to be. I'll do my yeah. best to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so with then, I guess, around the MEO stuff, sort of, I mean, are any of the other parts of that confirmed or like as part of, I guess, the announcement in a couple of weeks, mm. um, you know, are the other finals kind of still locked in? Because mm. I know sometimes they want to announce later or different things like that. Like yeah. what parts are officially going to be part of that first word on it? Um, after uh, a couple of days after the first announce, Seamus, we'll be seeing that uh, the primary announce for um, the Melbourne Esports Open will be coming out with the return of the OPL yep. finals will be there. Um, and um, aside from OPL and the Intel Extreme Masters, um, there's not much I can speak to at the moment. Yeah. But um, yeah. Huge news, obviously, with those two coming back. Yeah. And look, you know, having been here last year, I can see that, um, you know, like I wouldn't call Margaret Court Arena underutilized exactly, but it was like it was kind of set up as these compartmentalized spaces. It seems like um, that being able to kind of say we have room to kind of throw another really big stage yeah. into sort of the different venues is clearly a, you know, a, a comfortable thing to be able to do. And that was always the idea. We yeah. wanted room for growth. So we used the utilize the arena in the last couple of years. The first time around we did multiple small stages and we really wanted to feature the, the community aspects. Yeah. Um, we obviously with uh, in 2019, we had, great support with rainbow six and obviously the yeah. Fortnite state that was awesome yeah um and, and now it's going even bigger so yeah. everything we saw in, in rod laver last year with with opl especially in what they had set up we're picking that up and in fact going a little bit bigger and crazier yeah. despite it going into a, a you know into mca yeah, yeah. um so you'll see the intel extreme masters take over rod laver yep. similar to what we have seen in previously at kudos same kind of scale, if not grander. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and just as big, what you've seen in Rod Laver in previous years, Melbourne Sports Open, just as big, if not bigger, in Market Court. Yeah. I mean, so when you kind of look back at where you kicked all this off, um, messing around with the Australian Console League, <laughs> um, 
you know, I mean, it is literally, it's 10 years later, you know, and yeah. here we are sitting in a pair of major tennis stadiums talking yes. about both, you know, an awesome event this weekend attached to the, ten- the Australian Open yeah. and then these sort of other major events coming up later. It's like this is, it's, yeah, it must kind of blow your mind a little bit when you stop sit back and think about it. It does. <laughs> it, 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 it does. It's very humbling and I do think of how lucky just personally I am to have, to have come this far and just also for the community, you know, 10 years ago, all of our equipment fit in the back of a, of a van and we were literally driving around the country for free to to run events you know we volunteered for i think it was four years before i saw a dollar out of esports yeah so um and we all love it you know and that's yeah. that's what i think if anyone was to say you know what why is esl still going or why is this team still going it's because of what it was back then we went four years without it being our, our source of living but we still did it because we love it that passion comes through to today which is and that's the the passion we continue into our conversations with these partners we we like to think that they know knowing our story that we want the best we want the best for the event and we try to show that in everything we do yeah awesome Mm. um one sort of tangent question about esl play yes um because you know here in australia we have now had quite a few of these sort of high school league type uh, operations sort of launch Mm. um you know, I'm not sure if you support some of them or none of them mm-hmm. or what, but um, it also kind of strikes me that for, you know, there's plenty of places around the country where, well, you know, their school isn't necessarily going to directly support it yet mm. because there's still all those kind of stupid cultural barriers sometimes. Um, but I can imagine that there's probably lots of kind of groups, you know, and like schoolmates and those mm. kind of things that have set up essentially their, you know, just you know, sort of unofficial school teams and stuff mm. beyond some of those ladder comps and things. Yes. Is that right? Yeah, they are. They yeah. are. So uh, ESL, we we work intimately with a lot of university groups and also with other industry bodies. So, I mean, one example is IGEA. We work with them. We've got, yeah. we, we sit on their panel and we, we discuss these things and we discuss the growth of the games industry at large and also with esports. Um, we talk to university bodies, particularly, in fact, Queensland's really open to that, UQ and QUT. Um, but yes, the people we know and we talk to, um, they play ESL play all the time as well um obviously with those high school leagues which you know we do try to support where we can yeah um the, we try to connect them all together we, we would love esl play to be connected but of course you know other 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 uh other parties and other esports uh, yeah. organizations are doing their own thing which is cool yeah um but yeah there's a lot of crossover yeah. i remember where yeah seeing some of the final stuff actually for um, for Meta League, I think was here yes. last year as well for, mm. at the Esports Open. So yeah. again, just great opportunities for those kinds yeah. of kids to get their chance to kind of get on a stage at a major event. Yeah, yeah. and and to speak to that, this is this is what we wanted the Melbourne Esports Open to be. We want it to be inclusive of of all others. We want it to be the home of esports. So I will touch on the fact that Meta, if you want to speak technically, they're they're a competitor to us. Yeah, but we welcome them. We we want. We just want it to be the agnostic hub of esports yeah, yeah. and everyone to embrace it that way, which we think we're doing. Yeah. Look, I think when I wrote about it last year for Junkie, I, I called it the, you know, the music festival that we need for, mm. you know, for nerds. Yeah. Um, because what I loved is that, you know, yeah, every, you know, there are plenty of people who, you know, they might be a Rainbow Six fan and yeah. they don't care about Overwatch or they exactly. might be, you know, an OPL fan and they don't really care about other stuff. Mm. But when you when it's all here, you, 
like a, a music fan who kind of loves EDM but hates, you know, rock or pop or anything like that. But if you're at the festival, you go for a wander mm. and you check out, oh, like what, what is going on in the other, you know, and it's kind of that great feeling to just wander around and see what everyone else is up to at the same time. It is very different. It's very unique. Um, when you look around the world, there's not really, outside of big conventions, you know, you've got a Gamescom or whatever, Yeah, they're, they're very much commercial, obviously, commercially driven, which makes sense. There's nothing really that the, the huge festival of esports that brings all these publishers together because I don't know if you know Seamus, but you know, trying to get all publishers together under one roof can be difficult. <laughs> yeah, we're very lucky though that a lot of them will 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 uh, they see the vision and yeah. they, they they endorse it and help and and, and support it. So I can imagine it's like a movie poster where everyone's like, "So whose name is first? Oh. Who's the second? And where to? Oh wait, can we be cyber? <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.